Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We ask you for a special blessing upon them and their lives. We pray for the victims of last week's church shooting and mall shootings. We pray the blood of Jesus over sinus polyps. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the living bread, Jesus Christ, amen. We continue with part two of the book of Ecclesiastes, starting with chapter three, verse 16, which says, Moreover, I saw under the sun in the place of judgment, wickedness was there. And in the place of righteousness, iniquity was there. My friends, when a society allows wicked politicians to administer justice, that society is doomed to fail. Are we able to find anyone in politics who is not corrupt? We should take satisfaction that God will judge us all, the righteous who follow the plan of God, and he will judge the wicked who rebel against the laws of God. I'm saddened by the recent shootings, which appear to have roots grounded in racial hatred, but more than that, hatred of people, period. Solomon says in verse 18 that God is testing the condition of men to see if we will act like animals. Have we fallen to the place of kill or be killed like the animals? I hope not, and I think not. But the righteous must speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. In chapter 4, Solomon considers all of the oppression in the world. My brothers and sisters, when you take a close look at what is going on in the world, oppression is everywhere. Groups oppressed because of their skin color. Groups oppressed because of their religion. Groups oppressed because of their educational level. Groups oppressed because of their age. Groups oppressed because of where they live. And groups oppressed because of their financial status. All of these groups have one thing in common. They all cry for help, but no help comes. Solomon's solution to the oppressed is to praise those who have died, or better yet, be one who has never been born, for it is the oppression that makes this life miserable. So how do we cope with the daily evil that seeks to destroy us? Solomon does not have an answer. It is another one of God's mysteries. In chapter 4, verse 4, the preacher addresses those who envy you because of what you have. Folks, we continue to live in a society that longs to keep up with the Joneses. No satisfaction with the current car, trade for a new one. No satisfaction with the current house, buy a bigger one. We have to have the latest shoes, bags, sunglasses, vacation destination, just to try to keep up with the Joneses. The truth is, the Joneses have more money than you do. They can afford all the things that they acquire, while you go into debt, paying on credit with enormous interest, just to try to keep up. In verse 5, Solomon looks at the person who refuses to work. My comrades for Christ, we are not talking about retirees who have decided to enjoy their golden years by not working. We are talking about those who should be working to support their families, and they are able to work, they just refuse to work. 
This person is headed for destruction, yet Solomon says we should enjoy our work. But we live in a country where the majority of the people who work do not enjoy their jobs and would rather be doing something else if given the opportunity. Solomon says that we should be content, and that's the problem. Very few find contentment in what they do. How about you? Do you like what you do? In verses 9 and 10 of chapter 4, Solomon shows the value of having a partner, for when you have someone you can depend on, when times get tough, your partner can help you. But when you go at it alone, who will be there for you? Here's another wise nugget from Solomon, found in verse 12. If two are better than one, then three are even better. A praying father, a praying mother, plus praying children equals a strong family. Now, let's go to chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. My friends, we should approach God's presence with humility. But let's look at what happens to those who go to the house of God. Number one, those who go to worship fall into several subgroups. Those who go to praise God, those who go to see what the first lady is wearing, those who go to hear the choir, and those who go to be seen. You also have those who go to hear the word. Number two, there are those who used to attend, but stopped because of COVID. Since 2019, there's been a 25% drop in church attendance. Now, it's hard to worship God without being in his presence, and he wants the saints together in corporate worship. Now, most likely, your couch and living room have not been set aside for worship. Yes, churches were closed during the height of the pandemic, and yes, the living room became the sanctuary, but are you staying home for the same reasons that you were staying during the peak of the pandemic? Some have used the pandemic as an excuse to stay away from corporate worship. So we must change our attitude and be aware of rash vows made to God. Have you ever said in prayer, God, I would do this and this if you would do this and that? And then when God holds up his end, you don't. When that happens, you have broken a vow to God. You are committing evil and probably unaware. For example, you got COVID. You asked God to heal you. And if you would do that, Lord, I'll come back to church. You've been healed for six months and you haven't set foot inside the doors. Chapter 5, verses 4 and 5 says, When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. In chapter 6, the preacher relays that great wealth does not guarantee its enjoyment. I chuckled at the college student in Florida who was able to track the private planes of billionaires. One billionaire offered to pay the student $5,000, and his counteroffer was $50,000 in a car. The rich are not able to enjoy their wealth, citing safety concerns as a reason the plane tracking should be stopped. When you make $18 million an hour, $50,000 in a car is a bargain. Of course, others would find a way to continue to track the planes 
and the problem would start all over again. So why would God bless someone with wealth but not allow them to enjoy it? This is a mystery, one of many in the Bible. In verse 7 of chapter 6, it says, All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the soul is not satisfied. My brothers and sisters in Christ, every business owner wants to sell more the next year than they did the previous year. The smart owners will properly incentivize everyone to sell more, and the advertisements invite you to spend more. But Solomon says, we will not be satisfied earning more or buying more. In chapter 7, Solomon presents this piece of wisdom in verse 1. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. My Christian comrades, your good name will carry on long after the expensive ointment or perfume has diminished. When you are born, your name means nothing, good or bad, because you have done nothing, good or bad. When you die, your life has been remembered by those who knew you for the good and the bad. Most of us will live on this earth less than 100 years, which is a very brief time in the big scheme of things. So Solomon advises how we should spend those few years. When we depend on God, we accept our circumstances, whether good or bad. It is the wisdom of accepting our circumstances that gets us through life. The preacher observes that your righteousness will not guarantee you long life, and your foolishness will not guarantee you a short life. Death is the great equalizer, as it will come to all of us, and after that, our valuable wisdom ends as well as our foolishness. My friends, Solomon observed that whatever happens in life, death erases it all. Our appointment with death is forthcoming, but those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior will live on. And if you have not made that decision, would you make it right now? Pray with me. Father, thank you for wisdom, for we are wise enough to accept your Son as Savior. Thank you for foolishness, for we are just foolish enough to believe that we will be raised from the dead just as you raised Jesus from the dead. Thank you for this short life, for we know that we have an eternity to spend with you in heaven. Thank you for our circumstances, for in them we will depend on you. We pray these things in the name of the true vine, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.